Good morning, Cornerstone. Good morning, good morning, good morning. My name is Aaron, one of the pastors here, and I have the privilege to share as we continue in our series a very present help. And after last week, we talked about Kingdom Assignment. I hope that you are all on Kingdom Assignment. Brian has a jingle for that that he'll want to share with you later. But I want to be able to continue this idea of calling us into being a people who are following in the footsteps of God. And today, one of the things I'd like to share with you is the power of blessing. The power of blessing. It's one of the things that I confess that I seek in my life and also seek to unlock in the lives of others. That we have this spiritual ability because of Jesus that we are able to request and declare that the resources of God be unlocked in someone else's life. And so what I want to share with you is something that impacts others physiologically and spiritually. And so I'm going to show you some things from scripture. We're going to talk about a little bit of original language, and then I'm going to turn the tables and we're going to practice. So don't be nervous. It's going to be okay. If you don't feel like practicing, it's all right. But that's what we're going to do. You cool with that? All right. Holy Spirit, we praise you and thank you for who you are and all that you do. You are in this place, Lord. God, you are on the move, just like you have always been. And today, in these moments, we say yes, and we say amen. Do what you want to do. Open our minds and our hearts to your word. In the name of Jesus, our Messiah, amen. Could I get a witness that words have power? Can I get a witness that words have power? They have power to bless, and they have power to curse. They have power to create. They have power to destroy. They have power to bring life, and they have power to bring death. Have you ever had a situation where you were having an amazing day, and then someone said something? Words have power. Or you're having a horrible day, and then someone spoke something, and something happened spiritually and physiologically that changed what was going on. Your trajectory of the day or your life changed on hearing a word. Proverbs says this, Proverbs 12, 18. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. There is one whose harsh words are like sword thrusts. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. There are words that feels like a dagger. Have you ever had that where someone says something, you're going, I feel like you have punched me. Proverbs also says, gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Proverbs 18 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. It's amazing that as we look to the ancient scriptures, that they line up so much with modern neuroscience. It's as if God knew all along that that's the way he planned it. Because we see that there's these authors, and many have written on neurobiology and the neuroscience of what happens in our brain. And it's so much as we look to what is happening in scripture, you're going, son of a gun. It's the delight of God to conceal and the treasure of kings to discover. It's as if you buried that truth right in front of us in our very bodies. Doctors Newberg and Waldman declare that words literally can change your brain. In their book entitled, 
words can change your brain. They write, a single word has the power to influence the expression of the genes that regulate physical and emotional stress. Positive words such as peace and love can alter the expression of genes, strengthening areas in our frontal lobes and promoting brain's cognitive functioning. They propel the motivational centers of the brain into action and build resiliency. A positive word does something chemically. It unlocks something in us that motivates us and unlocks resiliency. That's just physiologically. Now imagine when we unleash the word of God into people's lives. But conversely, Newberg and Waldman say, hostile language, hostile language can disrupt specific genes that play a key part in the production of neurochemicals that protect us from stress. A single negative word can increase the activity of our amygdala, the fear center, and release dozens of stress-producing hormones and neurotransmitter. It's in tongues, guys. Can I get an interpretation on that? Sometimes science is in tongues. Hormones and neurotransmitters, which in turn interrupts our brain's functioning. So words can cause us to function better, and words can cause us to function worse. Two quick stories. When I was in college, I was in one of the music rooms, which I did not go into often. I was not of the musician tribe, but I was there with a friend and we were playing. And one of the music professors came over and we were playing and listened to the song. And we began to chat and I told him that it was my dream and my desire to lead worship. And this is what he said. Well, you're really good at talking, but you don't wanna sing, do you? You're really good at talking, but you don't want to sing, do you? In that moment, I was seeing if I could actually burn the guitar where it was at and shrink out of that place. Because what had happened with the words that he spoke to me, it caused death of a dream. It caused there to be fear. I was discouraged. And honestly, and this is, my, this is the most hated emotion I have, and that's embarrassment. I was embarrassed because I had been vulnerable to say, and he's like, oh, you don't want to do, you think you could do that? And it was like, oh no, I was just joking. You know, it was one of those things I thought, isn't that funny that I'd want to sing? And he thought it was funny. But it caused there to be this shrinking back and putting away the guitar and saying, I don't want to do that, even though it was something that I desperately wanted to do, but did not have the ability to do yet. Fast forward, I was leading worship at a little youth event at a church. And I was playing for the junior hires in the high school and I was giving it my all. And there was a visiting youth pastor. And after the service, he came up to me and he got me and I was waiting for the next like, you talk well, but you don't wanna sing. And this is what he said. I just wanna bless you with more of an anointing for worship. I just wanna bless you with increased giftings. Do you know what happened? My heart began to expand. And it actually had the ability to erase the curse. His blessing had the ability to erase the curse that someone else spoke. And I felt that there was something alive, that something was happening. And what he did in that moment, he actually unlocked the resources of heaven for me that I have now watched for 23 years. By his words of blessing, 
He tapped into the resources of heaven, released them into my life to be able to receive that into the calling that I was to have. There is power in blessing, my friends. You know, there is, it's, we say often actions speak louder than words, but words are really, really, really impactful. We look in scripture and we look to the story, it's a famous story of Abraham. And we've gone through Genesis and we get up to Genesis 12 and out of nowhere, God speaks to Abraham. And he says to him, hey, if you leave here, once you go to the land, then I'm going to show you. And when you do that, God says that I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and your name will be great so that you will be a blessing. In that moment, something happened where the presence of God audibly speaks to Abram. And out of nowhere, changes the course of his life and says, I want your life to be a life of blessing. And I'm going to bless you with everything you could ever possibly need. And in that, you will be a blessing to others. The trajectory of Abraham, Abram's life, when he hears the word of the Lord, and the word of the Lord unlocks God's resources in his life, it gives him a different destiny and a different future. And Abram receives that. And there is a power and a blessing because it's almost, when we look at this, it's irrevocable. The blessing of God. He tries to mess it up. Like he's working hard at making some mistakes to see like, let me test the limits. How many of you are limit testers? I'm a card-carrying limit tester. I like to go right to the edge and then just kind of lean a little bit and like, did anybody notice? And that's what Abram does. He's constantly testing the boundaries to say, how far can it go? And God's blessing keeps pulling him back to say, this is who you are. You have been blessed to be a blessing. And that's going to be in the DNA of your people, that you are a people who will unlock the resources of God for others. We see that when we look at it goes to the next generation. Again, trying to mess it up. Isaac. It's time to give the blessing to his son. And what happens? Jacob slides in there and says, I want that blessing. Isaac mistakenly blesses him with the blessing that is meant for the firstborn. And Jacob receives that. And it's his. It's irrevocable. We could have 497 sermons on that. But there is something so powerful about requesting and declaring a release of the resources of God into the life of a person that we even see in that story that Isaac can't take it back. I'm just going to set that there. Think about that this week. Talk about that another time. But one of the things in this is we see that as God calls Abram, that he is embedding in the DNA of Abraham and everyone who will follow and those who will move. And after Jesus comes, it will go after that. And as we are invited into that, that blessing to be a people who bless is in our spiritual DNA because we have been blessed to be a blessing. Paul says it these words. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. We have received those things. And Jesus says this to Peter, and it moves on to us. 
Jesus says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosened in heaven. Matthew 16, 19. Does this make sense, what I'm saying? That the Lord invites us, and says, my children, my followers, in your DNA is to be a people who have been blessed and will release that blessing into the lives of others. It's actually in the fabric of the words. If we look in the Hebrew, barak or baraka, the word for blessing means blessing. I leave you with that profound statement. It means prosperity, a gift, a present, a treaty of peace. It also means to kneel down, and it is closely associated with a pool or a wellspring. And so in the very fabric of the word is the idea of releasing the wellspring for another person. It's almost as if turning on when we were kids and it's a hot day and we're running around the yard, we turn on the garden hose and it's showering someone. But being able to release that, that they may receive it. In Greek, the word is eulagia. And it means to invoke blessing upon, to invoke benediction, or bestow goodness upon, to consecrate, to cause to be happy, to cause to prosper. I love one author's definition, that the Greek word for blessing means to invoke goodness upon another person. To invoke goodness upon another person. Blessings that we speak over someone are not figures of speech. They are releasing resources of heaven. When we speak a blessing, we are actually invoking goodness into the life of another person. Sit with that for just a moment. Let's not even go spiritual, physiologically. When you speak a blessing of releasing the peace of God into another person's heart or mind, as you say the word peace, it has the ability to alter the chemicals of that person, literally alter their chemicals. And this is what I believe. And when you speak those words in line with Jesus, you have the ability to alter the future of the person spiritually. Why? Because we're releasing the resources of heaven into the life of that person. Now, if that leans pretty heavy into my charismatic background, I apologize. But as I look at scripture, there's no way around it. Charismatic, not charismatic, mystic, non-mystical, whatever you want. If you want to get rooted in the scripture, the very word in Greek and Hebrew means to release goodness from a wellspring into the life of another person. And that physiologically and spiritually brings about a change. It sets in motion. When that man, at the end of that service, when I was 21 years old, spoke those words, it released a resource of heaven that changed the trajectory of my life. How many of you have had that? Have you had a moment where someone spoke something and it had more on it than just what they were saying? But you began to feel like, oh my word, that's almost tangible. They have been able to tap in 
to the will of God for me and release the resources of God into my life, and I am grateful forever. So a blessing is requesting or declaring the resources of God into the life of a person who will receive. A blessing is requesting or declaring the resources of God into a life of a person. I want to give you some examples of this when we look at the, the letters of Paul. Sometimes we think, you know, when we read Paul, and maybe this is just me, he's kind of a curmudgeon. Like, whoo, buddy, relax a little bit. But the man is a man of blessing. All through his letters, he is blessing people. He is speaking blessing. And he has a profound sense that in the DNA of his being, he has been created and blessed to be a blessing and that he will release that blessing into the lives of those who read his words because those blessings are tapping into the unlimited resources of the Holy Spirit to be released in the life of those who hear. So Paul says in Ephesians 3, 16 through 17, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. According to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. So let's look at this for a moment. Is that on the screen? Oh, so nice. What's Paul doing here? First thing he's doing is he's recognizing the source of blessing. First thing he does, I bow my knees. I love it because the very word for blessing is to bow, to kneel. And so Paul is saying, I bow before God. He's the one. I recognize he's the one that's going to bless you. He's the one that's going to do it. And then Paul, as he goes through talking about the riches of the glory and going off about God a little bit, he begins to speak his request or his declaration. I pray that you may be strengthened, that you may be strengthened. So the first thing he does is there's a request. I mean, the first thing he does is he recognizes. The next thing we see is this request. May the one who can do this, do this. And he speaks a specific request. What's a specific request? is that we may strengthen. And then we're reminded again of the resource that it's God unlimited, God's unlimited resources. And then Paul shows us in this model the desired result. He even has the audacity to say, I pray that the one who can do all these things does this so that, so that you may So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and established in love. So Paul shows us a model of blessing. First thing we do, we recognize the one who blesses. We recognize the one whose wellspring is unlimited. We recognize the one who has given us every spiritual blessing. We recognize the one who, as we go to our DNA, our spiritual DNA, all the way back to Abraham, and before that we are blessed to be a blessing, we recognize he does the blessing. Then we're specific for what it is. I bless you that you may be strengthened. And then it's so that. Let's go for another. In Romans 15, 6, may the God of endurance and encouragement 
grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Starts off again, recognizes, may God, because on my own, I don't have this power. These aren't magic spells. That if we learn the right words and you put them in the right form, it like unlocks the door. Open sesame. Da-da. No. What it is doing is aligning to the will of God and releasing his resources. So we recognize. Then he makes his requests for them to live in harmony, that they may have one voice. And then the res- desired re- result is that they may be in one, res- one voice couple more. Paul changes up his model a little bit. In Galatians 1, 3, and Philippians 2, he moves from, there's two different styles, and this would be a longer talk, but I'll just leave this. Sometimes Paul is requesting, may God do this. I'm praying. And sometimes he's declaring grace and peace upon you. You see the difference? Sometimes he's saying, may God do this. That's a request. Other times he's just declaring Listen, grace and peace upon you. And it's just flowing through him. And that there's an authority of that. I love that he does both. Because there's not just one right way. And we ask the Lord, Lord, is this a time that I'm to request? Or is this a time I'm to declare? But we see in Galatians, he says, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, he starts to remind himself, this is his I release what is his into your life. I invoke goodness upon you. Okay. This stuff has changed my life. Because there have been moments where someone stepped in and they listened to the Lord and they unlocked the resources of heaven into my life, my life has been changed. And this is what I want to do and I'm not great at. But be on the lookout in the day in all conversations to be able to, how can I release the resources of heaven into the life of a person? And this be a little game like I have a bag full of money and I get to just hand it out. Like, but I'm not Brian, so I don't have a bag full of money. I almost bought him one of those little shooter things so he could do that. You a blast. Anyways. um, But one of the things is, what if the Lord is inviting you and me and our community from the youngest to the oldest to be a people who are on the lookout to release the resources of heaven into the life of another person. Friends, as I look around Boulder County, they're starving not only for resources that are physical, but an encouraging word and a word of hope and a word are really, really important in our time because if you read and listen, it's all sad most of the time. And it's confusing. And I believe this has elevated the spoken word once again to be able to step into a situation and saying, I will not curse and I will not perpetuate the confusion, but I'm going to speak and release the resources of heaven into the lives of the people around me, whether that's in my school, 
whether that's in my workplace, whether that's in the marketplace. This is terrifyingly simple and easy and amazing that we would be armed with the DNA of blessed to be a blessing to release that all through our community. So this is what I want to do for the next little bit. I want us to practice. And I'm going to lay out for you a little bit of a model. And then I'm going to put up a scripture. And John and Brenna, I made a mistake. Would you mind combining the fruits of the spirit slide with also those directions that talk about things like ask if you can bless the person? Can you put those on the same slide? If not, though, it'll be confusing. Back to this. So this is what I'd like to do. I'd like to lay out a little bit of a model. And for some of you, you are sages in, in this, and I sit at your feet. For some of you, you're novices in this, and I can't wait for you to try. But we're gonna come together, and this is how we're gonna practice. When we come to bless someone, and we are in their presence, one of the things that I like, and I think is a good model, is just to ask them if it's okay to bless them. Because I don't want blessing to be bombarded. But just simply, one of the easy ways, whether, you know, is to be like, hey, do you mind if I just speak a blessing over you? I've not really had someone be like, absolutely not. Sometimes they're curious of like, not sure what we're going to do here. And sometimes they're grateful to say, yes, would you speak a blessing? Because I think most people are looking for something bigger than themselves. So when we come to this idea of how are we to bless other people, the first thing we do, we are in a conversation with someone. And we just pause in a moment and say, do you mind if I just speak a blessing over you? And when the other person says yes, then we go tell them what we're doing. I'm just going to be quiet for a minute because I want to make sure that I'm able to get this right. And that's for us. And then we do this. And you don't have to say it out loud because don't, don't say it out loud. Just say it inside. It gets weird when you're like talking to the person and the Holy Spirit. And sometimes they think it's a little weird. But this is what I'd suggest. Do you mind if I bless you? And then in the quiet of your own heart, Holy Spirit, what would you like me to say to this person? And here's why we do this. Because in Luke chapter 12, 12, Jesus teaches to the disciples. He says, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you are to say. Before that, it says, don't be anxious when you go into the synagogue for what to say, because the Holy Spirit is going to teach you. He promises us that he's going to speak to us. One of the things we do, we look at the person we ask, and then we go to the Holy Spirit and say, what would you like me to say to this person? Because I trust that you speak. And these are your resources we want to release, not mine. Then after that, we listen. What do you want to say, Holy Spirit? Then we move on to the next place. When we feel like we've got something that he wants to say, we speak that to them, but we speak it in Jesus' name. Why do we speak in Jesus' name? Because Jesus said this, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will I do 
because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So what we do is listen to the Holy Spirit. We feel like the Holy Spirit has said something. Now we say in Jesus' name, and then begin to say what the, you felt like the Lord said. Let's imagine that I'm uh, in a conversation with John Stewart. And I say, John, do you mind if I bless you? And he's sharing some things that are going on in his life. And he says, sure. So in a moment, just say, Holy Spirit, what would you like to say to John? What is it that you want released into John's life? What goodness can I evoke upon him? And then when I feel like I have something, or I've heard the Lord, or a scripture comes to mind, I just say, in Jesus' name, John, I just bless you with peace. Because I feel like the Lord has said you need peace. And then you just speak that over the person. Then after that, give them a moment. Because when I first started doing this, I'd say something, and I'd be like, what do you think? That hit? Like waiting for him to cry or laugh. I'm like, what do you think? What do you think? Was that right on? And the person's like, please back off and leave me alone. Because basically what you're doing is just serving them something and saying, hey, this is for you. And allow them to process that for a moment. And after you give them a moment, you just interview them. Does that seem to fit? How did it feel when I said those words? And then let them talk. And then this one is something I think is important. Ask them if they receive that blessing. Now, why do I do that? I think that it is really important when we are receiving something, when given something, that we have the decision to receive whether we want it or not. Because I've had people speak weird stuff to me. Just like some, some interesting things. And as I sat there, it actually was like, that's not God. I don't receive that. That's just for me to say everything that's spoken in the name of Jesus, sometimes it's not Jesus. <laughs> I want to discern it. I don't shut off my mind. I discern it. And I receive. And when I pray a blessing over someone, I want them to have the ability to say, yes, I receive that. Because I believe there's a three-part harmony. There's the resources of God. There is the request. Man, it's one of them days. The request we have and then the receiving of the person. And when that comes together, there's action. But give the person the ability to say yes. So we go down through this. These are some training wheels for us. We ask the person, can I bless you? We ask the Holy Spirit, what would you like to say? What do you want to release in and over that person's life? Then when we feel we have something, we speak it in Jesus' name. Oh, also make sure that everything you sense the Holy Spirit is saying is rooted and backed in Scripture. Rooted and backed in Scripture. The next thing, we speak that in Jesus' name because he is the one who is able to do that. Let the person sit with it for a moment, then ask them, hey, did you sense anything? Then after that, invite them to receive. Does that make sense? After a while, this can become a little faster and you don't have to, and now we will, and now we will, and now we will, and now we will. But just imagine for a moment, you're at work. Someone is sharing what they're going through. 
And it just instead of saying like, pray for your brother, pray for your sister, which is really just a way of not sure how we're going to end this conversation, but I got to go. <laughs> but instead of just kind of flinging out a prayer just to say, can I step in a moment? Do you mind if I just bless you? Can I speak a blessing over you? And then we walk through this process with the person. Not just telling them that when we go away, we'll say nice things about them or we'll intercede for them in heaven, but that in the moment we'll step in, lean close, and request and declare the resources of God to be released in their lives. I believe there's power in this. Not in the formula, but in the name of Jesus. So here's what I'd like to do. We're going to put up, will you put up the fruits of the Spirit, John? And then that next slide with the combo, you got that yet? Okay, so what I'm going to do, really work through the production of this, guys. Gotcha. John Stewart's amazing, and so is his crew back there. None of this is their fault, all mine. Um, one of the things that I want to do is sometimes it's intimidating to get quiet and listen. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? And then we're just like, I have no idea. And so what I want to do for our little practice time, and we're going to take five minutes. We're going to put the fruits of the Spirit up there. And I'm going to have you invite you to turn to a person next to you or by yourself. <laughs> but it's better to be able to bless another person. And when you go to listen to the Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit which one of these fruits of his spirit he wants to bless and release in the life of the other person. So it doesn't have to be this unlimited thing where you're like, what can I possibly say to this person? But you are simply releasing the power and the resources of scripture into the life of the person. Does that make sense? So I'm going to put the list up. Scripture will be there as well. So I invite you to turn to a person next to you. And if you're uncomfortable, it's all right. Just don't do it. Just say, I'm going to have this time for just myself. But I want you to speak a blessing. Like we're literally practicing this right now. Like <laughs> it's going to get a mess for about ten, five minutes. But turn to a person next to you, in groups of two, or however you want, and I want you to walk through these steps with the person, with the goal that in the power of the name of Jesus, and in the power of the Spirit of God, that as we request and declare that the resources of God will be released in the life of the person we speak to. And so we're going to ask them. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit. We're going to listen. We're going to pray in the name of Jesus. We're going to let them sit with it. Then we are going to interview them real quick. When you interview them, this isn't a diatribe about what you experience. It's just real quick of, yes, I felt peace when you said peace. No, I don't feel peace when you said peace. And then ask them to receive it. Okay. Everybody got this? Are we all right? Show of hands, how many would like to do this? Show of hands, how many are terrified? Show of hands, wish that I was done and the band would come up. I got it. But I believe it's super uncomfortable. But this will transform the trajectory of a person's life. Holy Spirit, come and do all you want to do. Talk amongst yourselves. Follow this pattern. Okay, let's come back together. If the band would start making their way up.
Gabe has prepared a blessing dance for you all, and I don't want you to miss that. So one thing. I'm just going to real quick just little inventory and ask a few questions. Is that okay? Just quick. How many of you, when you ask the Holy Spirit, which one of these things you were to release the other person, got a sense of that? Just maybe slip up a hand. You don't have to. Is that humbling to go like the God of the universe who like inspired these words is freshly speaking to me to release this in a person? I want that. How many of you who received that blessing, it, it, you felt something, you sensed something? It's beautiful. I pray this becomes normal. That this is something that we begin to do. You know, parents with your children, think about this. Just being able in four minutes before they leave for school or at the end of the day to listen to the spirit and release the resources of God into their lives. To be able for spouses, for husbands to do that for their wives and wives for their husbands, for friends, for coworkers. But that we don't just say, I'm gonna pray for you, which really means peace out, we're ending this conversation. We step in for a moment and just say, I wanna speak a blessing upon you. That I request and declare the resources of heaven to be released in your life. May we do this throughout Boulder County. And may the generation that comes after us look back and go, that was a people that was blessed to be a blessing. And that this becomes a natural part of the way we do life. I bless you in Jesus' name with courage to step into this. I bless you in Jesus' name with a clarity to hear the Lord and to speak that out. And I bless you in Jesus' name for a greater awareness of where you are to wield this. May you do all you want to do, Lord. Amen.